0: Well, good morning, Hope Chapel. I'm doing something today that I hoped I would never have to do because I've tested positive for coronavirus. I can't be with you today, so I'm delivering a message via video. And I know a lot of you have been watching it online, but I tell you what, I, I just really prefer to deliver a message in person. This is way better for me, but just thank God for the technology that we have today and, um, and that we can do this. And, and I wanted us to kind of keep stride in this journey that we've been on, that we've called Rooted, about going deep and, and growing wide in our faith in Christ. You know, in our, our heart, our plan has been to, to, be, to see a prayer that God prayed for us over 2,000 years ago fulfilled in our lives. That we would be rooted and established in the faith in such a way that we know his love. We know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge and that we're filled with all the fullness of God. And that comes to us from Ephesians chapter 3. And so we've been looking at this journey about the kinds of things that we need to be doing in our lives so that we can actually be rooted in our faith in such a way that we know, I mean, we just bask in the love of Christ and that we're just filled with all the fullness of God. And we've been using an imagery of a cyclist and making great strides, if you will, going great distances because we just keep pedaling, doing the same things over and over again. But last week after my message, somebody sent me a text and said that the imagery that really stood out to them was was going up a down escalator. And it's the imagery is that like all of us are on this down escalator. We're, we're moving away from God. We're moving deeper into trouble And then somewhere in that journey, as we respond to Christ, we turn around. The Bible calls that repentance. We've been calling that discipleship. We get out of the boat, we leave the fishing nets behind, and we follow after Christ. And that's something we have to do every day. We have to make that decision to say that my life today is going to be about Jesus. And then we looked at the role that God's word plays in our journey, and and it guides us and shapes us and motivates us and teaches us and, you know, some ways, maybe in this imagery of the going up the down escalator, it it shows us how we dodge the oncoming traffic and and make the most out of it and and those kinds of ideas. But today I want to talk to you about another skill set, if you will, another discipline that we need to have. If we're truly going to be rooted and established in our loves, if we're really going to be able to grow deep and go wide with God and know all that he really has for us so that we're filled with the fullness of God. And that's prayer. I want to talk to you today about prayer. And because I'm doing this remotely and I don't know how this video is really going to come out, I'm going to try to keep it short. Because prayer is is a massive topic, right? When, when you look at the scripture that tells us to pray always, you, you've got to assume that the Bible teaches us a ton about prayer, about petition and praise and confession and thanksgiving and its role in worship and meditation and all those kinds of things. But I want to zero in today on one facet of prayer. The role that prayer plays in our lives of experiencing the presence of God in us. I mean, right, I mean, one of the things we believe about God, that God's revealed to us, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. There's no place that we can go and hide from his spirit. He's always there. In fact, in the New Testament, it says that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So we've got God within us. So God is always with us and we are always in his presence. But I got to tell you, if you're anything like me, you spent a whole lot of your journey of faith not being aware of the presence of God. and So how is it that you and I utilize prayer to cultivate an awareness of the presence of God in our lives so that we truly can be rooted and established, that we can know the width and the depth and the length and, and of his love and just the surpassing greatness of Christ's love for us and be filled with all the fullness of God? How, how do we do that? And the first thing I want to convince you of is that God really has invited you and made it possible for you to enter into his presence. And the passage of scripture I want to use comes from Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to back up and look at, you know, refer to some other scriptures in order to kind of get us there. But, But just listen to these words from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. He says, "Therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, in other words, we know that He's helped us turn around, this down, elevated, or moved up by a new and living way that He has opened through the curtain that is through His flesh. And since we have a great High Priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, sprinkled clean with an evil conscience from an evil conscience." and our bodies washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, this passage kind of gathers up a lot of things that God's been teaching us in the B- book of Hebrews before he gets to this place. You know, he's talked to, He's really been laying out the way that the new covenant established in Christ is just better than the covenant he established with the people of God through Moses with those who had descended from Abraham. And, he, and, and, and really the three main fo- focuses, if you will, he's been looking at is, first of all, this worship that we have takes place in a better temple it's not just a temple built on a mount in jerusalem but our worship takes place in the temple that's in the literal literal presence of god in heaven and so it's just in a a better place and 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 just as the high priest used to go in once a year through the veil and go into the holy of holies to present an offering Says Jesus has inaugurated a new way because He provided a better sacrifice. It's not just the sacrifice of goats and 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 lambs and etc. It's not just their blood, and 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 yet and then with that um, He's able to, with that He's inaugurated, provided a better way to come into the presence of God because He was just a better sacrifice than the Passover lamb. But He's also talked about Him and His high priesthood. And, and there's the book of Hebrews kind of gets into some thick weeds theologically for us it, it it refers all the way back to an experience that we see in the book of Genesis in the 14th chapter where Abraham is returning from rescuing lot and many others who have been hauled away by as slaves as prizes of war as these these kings, city the kings of these city states had come down from the north and, and taking them. And as he comes back and they're approaching in, so the kings come out to to offer their thanks to Abraham. In fact one of them says he wants to says you can you can keep everything. Just just give us back the people and 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 Abraham says, No 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 I'm not taking anything from you. You know, just what the people ate while we were gone but besides that I'm not taking anything from you because I don't want you to say that you've made me rich. But in that exact same experience, Abraham encounters this guy by the name of Melchizedek. And his name emerges again in Hebrews chapter 7. And his name means king of righteousness. And he's the king of Salem. And the word Salem means peace. So we see in the Old Testament, here we have this king of righteousness and this king of peace. And Abraham, who is the father of faith, who is... father of the people of god actually bows down and worships him and in hebrews chapter seven he picks up the idea that jesus is this new Melchizedek. he is greater than the ones in the in the past um, he's greater than the, the 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 high priests in the old testament because he's not there because of some law that god gave through moses he's there because he has led a qualified life. He's he's led this indestructible life. And it's this high priest and this passage of scripture who has gone before us and stands as a mediator, a, a bridge between us and God, and invites us to come into the presence of God with boldness and with assurance and with conviction. And so this new high priest makes it possible for you and I to actually live in the presence of God. Now, you know, again, as I said before, I mean, this is stuff we know, but it's not necessarily stuff that we actually experience in our lives. So, So how is it that you and I can actually get to a place where we are experiencing the presence of God in our lives? And I think there's a couple things that need to go on. First of all, I think you and I need to accept that God has clearly taught us that you and I are qualified to live in the presence of God. Look look what he says here in in verse 22. We're supposed to draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. In other words, we've we've been made qualified to live in God's presence. And with that, our bodies have been washed in pure water And and I think one of the biggest lies that we accept about ourselves is that even after we've turned around on the down escalator and we're making our way back towards God, we we just keep hearing these voices telling us, you're not good enough to be in God's presence. You're not qualified to be in God's presence and those kinds of things. And you and I actually need to believe that what God has done in Jesus Christ, this superior sacrifice, who's created a better way into the presence of God through the veil. This this high priest who is more qualified than any high priest that we see underneath the Mosaic law, he's made it possible for us to come into his presence, and we are actually qualified to do that because in Jesus Christ, we've been made pure. And so the first thing I'd say to you this morning is if, if, if you don't believe you belong in God's presence, and go back and look at your relationship with Christ. And, and just remind yourself, I really do need Christ. Remind yourself that, yes, I have invited Christ into my life through faith. And with that, I am qualified to be there. There's another passage here as we get down a little bit further in verse 24 and 25. And I just want to meddle here just a little bit. He says, let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works not staying home, uh, uh, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do. A great example I am today, right, having to stay away because of of and positive. But encouraging each other all the more as you see the day drawing near. And, and here's what I'd love to point out to you from this passage of scripture. Each and every single one of us plays a role in encouraging other people to move into the presence of God. You know, In many ways, the way this is presented for us is being a part of the fellowship, being a part of the body of Christ, being a part of the local church is not about you being inspired to live in God's presence, to, to live with this awareness, to be rooted and established in his sub so you're filled with all the fullness of God. It's about you being available to actually encourage and promote and stimulate others to do the exact same thing. And so one of the things that not only do we need to believe that we're qualified to be there, but secondly, I really think that we need to accept the responsibility to say, you know what, I'm going to help this person do that. I'm going to encourage this person to do that. I'm going to get into a relationship with them. I'm going to connect with them. I'm going to be a part of the body of Christ. And I'm going to stimulate people to move closer to God, to go further up the down escalator and to get into God's presence. And, and so my challenge really for you, you this morning is if it's just to get into a place where you are connected to the body of Christ. And so that you can't, it's, so it's not just about being blessed, but it's accepting the fact that you and I need to be people who are a blessing. And and with that, we we promote or stimulate or encourage people to live in the presence of God with an awareness of the presence of God in their lives. But, you know, for me, it's, it's, I really think when you talk about this, if she's a little touchy feely kind of out here and it's hard to kind of get our hands on, how is it that you and I what are some very practical things that we can do to get ourselves in a place where where we actually live with a conscious, overwhelming blessed experience of the presence of God in our lives. What what are some things that we can do very practically, right? You know, I know we we need to believe that we're qualified, that Christ has made it possible, you know, and we need to encourage one another to do that. And we need to be used as agents of grace. But what are some things that we can personally be doing and then leading others to do as well? And, and and I just want to give you four things, and I'm going to wrap up for this morning because I don't know how long a, a video like this is going to hold your attention. But I just want to give you four things really specifically of of how you can cultivate an awareness of the presence of God in your life through prayer. And the very first thing is, when you pray, ask God, ask God to help you experience his presence. I mean, he invites us to pray about anything, right? So go ahead and just say, hey, God, would you today help me be aware of your presence as I go through my day? Just show yourself to me. And, and just ask God to help you live with an awareness of him. I mean, I know that's pretty simple, but it can be overwhelmingly powerful. The second thing I'd say to you, and this kind of jumps back and connects with last week, (coughs) excuse me, is is I would tell you that when you read the Word, and we looked at last week why you and I need to be in the Word, why we need to be taking this unique book and, and engaging it in a way like we do nothing else because it speaks life into us and directs us and fuels us and teaches all those kinds of things. But when you do that, make sure that you're asking yourself this question what i'm reading in god's word what does it show me about who god is i think sometimes we we read through it and we see what god wants us to do or we think about what god has done or we're thinking about what he wants us to do or who he wants us to be and we see all these different things but in the midst of all of that is is also just look and say what does this show me about who god is because it's in that kind of interchange As we begin to recognize the nature of God, the character of God, the qualities of God, just who God is, the being of God, that we're going to grow a better relationship with him. So just ask yourself as you're reading through, what is this telling me about who God is so that I can know who he is? And be aware of his presence in my life. I mean, just think of some passage scriptures like, you know, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, You know, it's just marvelous stuff. What is this telling you about who God is? Or the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is that saying to you about who God is and how he relates to you? So when you read the word of God, Make sure you just have a, a special place to kind of grab some, some truths to tell you, this is what God's telling me about who he is. And as you get to know him better, you're going to experience his presence in your life. The third thing I think is we need to do, and, and this may this is really kind of out of character for me, but one of the things I'd say to you is that is, is we need to develop triggers in our life that leads us to be aware of the presence of God. I mean, you know, we've talked about, you know, sometimes you, you, you read about modern day counseling and they talk about triggers, things that trigger anger or fear and those kinds of things and etc. And that's all very wonderful stuff. I, I think we can also turn it around and make it far more positive that you and I can develop triggers that actually make us aware of the presence of God. For instance... When God answers a prayer, we've been praying about something and God answers that prayer, it should trigger our awareness of the faithfulness of God. I mean, this past week in our life group, you know, um, one, one of the, our, our life group members asked us to pray for a colleague of theirs. This colleague has been struggling with kidney failure, been on dialysis for, for a long time. The effectiveness of dialysis was starting to wane and had been on the list to get a transplant for a long time. In fact, had actually come to work on numerous occasions with a bag packed expecting to go to the hospital and receive a new kidney and it never worked out. And we prayed on Tuesday night that God would expedite that and the person would get in to get a new transplant. And Thursday morning, they got that transplant. I mean, that should just trigger, say, you know, God, you're present, you're active, you're doing. And, and so God answering prayer should trigger that. It can also just, like, be his beauty. You know, when you, you're you driving around, it's not hard this time of year, right, with just the way the trees look to say, wow, this is an incredibly beautiful creation. And with that, it reminds us of the fact that God is the creator. And it allows us to to, to, to if you will, to trigger an awareness of his presence with us. Maybe it can just be something that causes you joy. You know, God God wants to give us joy. I mean, one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. And so when you have something that triggers joy in you, let it also trigger an awareness that God is present with you. You know, I could go on with lots of other examples, but I think you're kind of getting the idea. There there are many things in our daily journeys that we could utilize as a gift from God to remind us that God's with us, He's for us. He's good. And, and and I'm just challenging you, in addition to asking for God to reveal his presence to you and looking at his word and getting to know who God is so that you are more aware of his presence with you as you get to know him better, I'm also saying that you can use these triggers to stimulate you, to, to, to remind, remind yourself that God is always with you and he's always for you. Here's the last thing I'm going to give you. I'm going to wrap up. And thanks for your patience today with this video. Sometimes we just need to listen. We just need to listen for the presence of God. You know, um, there's a story in 1 Samuel chapter three. You know, Samuel was was an answer to prayer of his mother Hannah. She had longed to have a child, and when she did, she she brought um, Samuel to the to the uh, tabernacle to serve in God's presence. And one night he was lying down to sleep, and he heard his voice called, Samuel, Samuel. And thinking he needed to go do something, he hops up and he runs off and checks in with Eli and says, I heard you. What do you need from me? And Eli said, I didn't call you. So he goes back and he falls asleep again. And then he hears his voice again, Samuel. Samuel again, he hops up and he runs to Eli. And Eli says, I, I, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. And then one last time he hears his voice and he runs to Samuel, he runs to Eli. And Eli finally figures out what's going on and he says listen the next time you hear your voice your name called this is what you do you say speak lord your servant is listening i mean samuel didn't know anything about the presence of god yet but in those simple terms of speak lord your servant is listening he went on to be one of the greatest prophets in the old testament he was he was the the one who ordained or crowned the new kings. It's just a marvelous role, all because he learned how to practice the presence of God in his life, by saying, just by saying, speak Lord, your servant is listening. And so when you're in your prayer time, and yes, we should be sharing our petitions, offering up our confession of sin, offering God praise, expressing our thanks, doing all the things that we should be doing in prayer, we also need to have a time where we say, you know what, Lord, speak, because I'm your servant and I'm here and I'm listening and let God speak to us. You know, prayer is one of those indispensable spiritual disciplines that lets us keep on pedaling as Christ's disciple. The thing that keeps drawing us to climb the down escalator and to move closer and closer to God. And so my invitation to you today, my challenge to you today is to be a people of prayer. Specifically to use prayer to make you more aware of the presence of God in your life. God, thank you for your word. Let me just offer a brief prayer and then our worship team will come and finish up our service today. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for just the gift of this technology that I can bring this word today. It's a different format for all of us. But, Father, that doesn't mean we haven't heard from you. So, Father, what we've heard, let us remind us that you're always present with us. And you want what's good for us. And so, Father, collectively today, as a congregation, we say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, God bless, and I look forward to being able to be with you next week. Take care.